Okay, welcome to a very special episode of Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I am so happy to be here for this special episode. It is an FAQ episode on the Movement Pathways course. And it is um, really based on a lot of the conversations I've been having online and with my clients about who this is for. Okay, and what we'll be doing exactly and the very unique structure of this workshop or I might really call it a masterclass at this point. And first and foremost, uh, just So if in case you haven't heard this, what it is exactly is a workshop that's going to teach exercise sequences that target injury-prone areas. It's going to teach critical thinking process uh, for exercise selection, not exercise, warm-up selection, and different ways that you can help your nervous system and your injury areas be more resilient. And it's also going to teach the one thing that my best MAT clients have in common. And one of the things these people also have, um, besides uh, these skill sets that I'm teaching in the workshop or masterclass, um, is that they have a desire to control their training and their exercise despite old injury. So, the hypothesis that is that we can solve these problems with education and applied exercise science and uh, information about pain science, which is something the pain industry does not want most people to know about. Um, the program is you know, dedicated to creating this new experience around exercise and old injury and a new conversation about how we make our bodies more resilient with these practices and skills. Um, The the course is going to uncover how the exercise, the fitness industry, and sometimes the physical therapy industry has misled us, uh, and that we can break out of these constraints uh, that have been placed on our body and our healing recovery and our healing capacity uh, break out of those constraints to have full body strength and um, be able to measure our progress with these skills and exercise sequences that I am teaching at Movement Pathways. So that was a two-minute answer. The 20-second answer is Movement Pathways is a course that teaches warm-up exercises and exercises that can be used to create a healing stimulus around old injuries. So this is done with intellectual uh, decision-making. It's done with um, N of one, like scientific approach to improving the body. And of course, these exercises that are not diluted, they're joint-specific, injury-specific, targeted exercises. The Movement Pathways course is happening live in Alexandria, Virginia, June 7th through 9th. The online modules will be available June after or around June 20th.
2019. I plan to do one more of these workshops in late 2019 and that's it for a while. So in 2020 I might aim for two more but it's a it's exclusive content and it will not be uh, something I just hand out for free because they are very specific. They're for um, very qualified clients and people who want uh, to in invest uh, their time intellectually and with their body movement and self-experimentation to find what is best for them and what dosage is best for them. Okay, and so speaking of being a qualified client or exerciser for this class, Movement Pathways, um, if you're an active MAT client and you've had muscle activation techniques with me in the past four months, this class is just a no-brainer. It is designed for you, and it is solving this very specific problem in my business, which is being able to have exercise skills that reinforce the wonderful benefits of muscle activation techniques. I truly believe we need to learn how to apply a scientific thought process and specific exercises to make any type of therapy for musculoskeletal conditions to actually help people for the long term. Without reinforcement and without exercises, it, it, I think the therapy can be uh, futile. Um, it's not always the case with muscle activation techniques. I have my clients that come in and don't desire to have this benefit that I'm producing and uh, creating a solution for with movement pathways. And they do just great. Uh, they do you know, it's, it's their expectations. Uh, they desire um, something different. But if you are that client that needs um, to scratch your own itch when it comes to being proficient and self-sufficient and autonomous in the gym and have control of your training, this is definitely for you. Previous MAT clients or referring clients into this program if you are an MAT specialist and you're listening to this uh, because I'm an MAT specialist and you, you <laughs> uh, this is a great client education resource. Um, it could also be for you because this is not just isometrics. It's not just MAT that is in this program. It's much more. Um, so previous MAT clients, you can still benefit a lot from this class. The person, um, let's see, recent that is not my client or um, I've just worked with you in the athletic training and injury prevention field. Um, anybody who's recently been released for uh, physical therapy for like a non, you know, uh, surgical procedure, uh, this is really good for you. You're going to be able to get more detailed uh, with your joint-specific exercises and potentially be able to identify a root cause or 
a root contributor of your joint issues and muscle imbalances. Um, the next person uh, that would be really well suited for this is uh, just somebody who has a concern about injury prevention and any type of injury coming back that um, but you also have this belief in your body that it can change and that it can progress and not have to worry about these old injuries. Um, if you're, if you believe that your body has the capacity to do that, to he have a healing capacity and have really strong muscles, even though you have an old injury, this is a perfect class for you. Very well suited person. Um, really that growth mindset and being, having a belief and holding a space for your change is, I can't speak more high, like more highly of that, uh, quality of someone, um, in the sports world, we call it, well, we have multiple names for it, but it is in every top athlete. That quality is in every top athlete, every top coach that I've ever worked with. And I've worked with a lot, dozens and dozens, probably a hundred over close to 200 coaches at this point on, application of injury prevention exercises and not all not all coaches even have this quality let alone athletes so um ability to improve and change and the fact that you believe in that and in your brain and body is whew, number one i should have said that first uh the next one is you want to scratch your own itch when it comes to exercise you just want to be a pro at applying science to your body this is a great class for you because you and i are just comrades like we need to we need to be tribing it out together <laughs> um and then uh again someone who wants a stellar workout and consistently stellar workouts okay who else i'm looking at my yellow i got some i got a legal pad how cool is that um i like writing um Oh, the fourth quality, or that's like the sixth, interested in taking feedback from your body. So if you're kind of a geek about data and like HRV or um, any type of biometrics and you don't know what to do with that stuff, this is a class for you. This this will also be really fun and um, I think you'll be able to, you know, really start being a, an excellent advocate for yourself uh, in your health journey if um, that this is also a quality that you have. Okay, who is not uh, qualified for this class? The person who is not qualified for this class is has more pain, has new pain, and especially if that pain is at night, this is not for you you need medical, you need to have a medical clearance before you figure out where you're, where you're at. Um, and so that means somebody under medical supervision for post-surgery issues, this is not for you. Um, 
And with that said, uh, this is not for people who have had total joint replacements. Um, I get a lot of requests for that type of exercise and I will address something in here in this podcast for that person, but it, this class is not for people with total joint replacements. Um, sorry, it's just not. It's I, I don't know enough about the neuroscience, like the neurobiology and like the neuro, the intraneural uh, pressures and like all that and like the muscle inhibition all that stuff changes with um the joint replacement so I'm just not going there um the other person uh if you use NSAIDs or some kind of opioid or some kind of painkiller maybe even alcohol like uh the if you're using it as a painkiller this is not for you um this I'll just leave it at that um, because those things mess up your pain receptors. They mess up your tendon strength. They mess up. Um, I hate that. I just said mess up, like messed up like four times. Um, they interfere biochemically on several different levels. That was a 180. Um, they interfere biomechan- uh, biochemically with so many different interactions that I cannot say any of this stuff is true for you. Um, so I'll leave it that there. Um, and the last one I wrote down, this is kind of funny. This has to do with, uh, not being able to change. If my potential student, if you love foam rolling and you don't want to give it up, this class is not for you. Honestly, my goal for my clients or my students is to create a neuromuscular scenario and situation for them that they don't even feel like they need a foam roller or trigger point therapy or, I don't know, um, lacrosse balling it and whatnot. If, If that's your jam, this class is not for you. On to our next frequently asked question is, okay, when do the exercises get used? Like, so there's sequences. It's not like you do this exercise for that and this exercise for this. It is a um, exercise sequence and there's multiple within each module. So for example, in the core, hip, um, not core and hip, core, diaphragm, pelvic floor, spine module. This is going to include um, five exercise sequences to be used at any point of a different um, assessment outcome. So yeah, you're going to do your own assessment and then you're going to apply an exercise sequence. How cool is that? And it's going to be very specific and like quality of motion specific to you. Honestly, like I, I, I think that some people, um, especially my, um, long-term clients who purchase this, if that's you, uh, you're going to pretty much be a more qualified trainer than 99% of people out there. Uh, trainers, people, not people, trainers, uh, fitness, dark lords, 
you'll be better than them. You'll be smarter. You'll be applying better decision-making models, better um, science-based uh, exercise assessments than what is out there because it is total shite. Um, the exercises sequences will get used mainly for warming up. And I say that because one of the, their biggest benefits is built, making each workout have an element of resiliency. So I can't stress that benefit enough, like how cool that is. So if that's you, um, I don't know if I, I said that. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm fasting today. It's probably time to eat. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, yes, resiliency. Uh, so each piece has a, each exercise sequence has a, a moment of um, building up strength within like just a couple minutes. So it's like you're able to target the motor, meaning like the nerve, and getting the conduction speed increased and getting the blood flow increased. Uh, therefore, oxygen and glucose increased. So turning on the motor, really. And then um, isometric graded, different grades of isometrics to rev it up and it is a accumulation of effects that makes a wonderful workout i really really this is getting me excited because if i'm able to share this experience and see some see this change in someone that i've known for years and has been doing mat for years and they can experience this as I experience it and as some of my athletes experience it, um, I'm just going to be so psyched. I, I can't tell you. It's just so exciting to be able to teach this because achieving this ideal muscular strength scenario is addicting. It is, it may, and when you feel the workout come together, after your warm up and you're really building the pieces on a uh, really a micro step by step level, it just it feels so good, and you're just gonna know what these what a good stellar workout's gonna feel like. It's awesome. I just I'm so excited. Anyways, um, next one we're oh one more thing, the exercises can be used for. Uh, active recovery. I've said active recovery a bunch of times on this podcast. You know why. And it is to make sure that you're communicating your body's ability to your body's ability to recover and being able to hack into that system and make it more efficient. So movement pathways is these exercise sequences are definitely designed for that as well. Our next question is why are these exercise sequences and this information more useful than like what you can just do at home off the free internet stuff or from the uh, three sheets of paper your physical therapist gave you? Well, there's 
um, multiple reasons, but I'll say this is one of the major ones, which is exercise specificity. And one of the biggest problems with, um, what do you call it? Like the reason why people are stuck in a cycle of injury, like recovery or injury relapse and bad exercise is because they don't have enough tailored strengthening. Um, and being specific in your warm-up means you can't blame your injuries on a bad warm-up or that, you know, you can actually be more specific and targeted, which will bring you more results just by itself. And so um, specificity, that's why. These are not diluted. Uh, you're not going to find these on the internet. Like, I promise, like, n almost 95% of this is... Um, intellectual property really because I, I don't know the, the the laws on this by any stretch <laughs> but these are very unique to me and so and if any of my old clients from uh Morrison Forrester are listening mofo law firm um why don't you reach out and help me out with this intellectual property issue that I'm having um and that Anyways, um, so specificity and then the big, another big reason why these are more useful is that I'm going to be covering these overlooked areas of neuroscience and pain science that are just everyone that has some type of chronic pain like needs to know this stuff. Um, it is so empowering. It's science about the brain, the mind, and the nervous system, and it will bring new purpose, energy to your workouts. So we're going to review stuff from Stanford uh, University's Medicine Pain Lab. Um, we're going to be sharing science about placebos and surgeries and things that I learned in the cadaver lab. These things are not talked about in the right con in this context of upgrading your exercise. It's not talked about in this in the context of upgrading your exercise. Like we know that we can learn into our you know until we're dead. Basically, we can still form not until we're dead until that next phase um, that we can develop new memories and new skills at any age. We can do that muscularly. We can do that with exercise. Like you can build muscle um, as long as you're challenging yourself, like in your 70s and 80s. Like there is no reason we shouldn't be talking about this stuff in injury care and really well-developed exercise uh, programs. One of the things I hate about the status, the stasis of the fitness industry is that if um, you push yourself and you have a lot of muscle soreness and you have all these like crazy sensations around your muscle that you're doing a good thing. And there's absolutely like no scientific or clinical reason to believe that. There is, however, a reason to believe that um, if you are able to have a orchestrated workout to being a safe and joint healthy like exercise sequence that that will create more 
neuroplasticity benefits and help the production of uh, antioxidants and make the more basically more antioxidants available in your in your uh, stream from your um, that's called BDNF so making that more readily available in your system happens as a result of healthy exercise not necessarily overdoing it and killing ourselves and punishing ourselves in the gym so the thing that back to the thing that I absolutely am trying to um, the idea that I'm trying to kill for the movement pathways student is that exercise is not punishment it is a privilege and the more that we treat it that way the more that the neuroscience supports neuroscience uh, findings support that we can rely on exercise as like a a fountain of youth for our brain and our body um i mean wow that kind of blows my mind anyways so our two questions from instagram that were really good and i'll check before i leave um were about arthritis in the knee um, and rotator cuff issues. How can I ease the arthritis in my knees? And then the other question was rotator cuff injuries. So I'm guessing this uh, nice person just has issues with strengthening the rotator cuff around the rotator cuff injury. Um, that's definitely a a topic we're going to cover in movement pathways. So the knee question, um, dampening arthritis. I don't know if that, um, is a, that might be a thing if you have rheumatoid arthritis, but, uh, with osteoarthritis, um, it's not, I don't know if that's quite a thing. Um, but with arthritis in general, so both, so I didn't know if she was talking about rheumatoid or osteoarthritis, but so I prepared the answer based on uh, apply, you know, applying it to both types of arthritis. And one thing is the common denominator of pain inside a joint is uh, has so probably has to do with absorption of forces, and then it has to do with this like pain and protective uh, mode that the body is in. So. Uh, the body, the brain and the body and the mind, they already know that there's arthritis and damage and a lack of shock absorption, absorption at a certain joint. They already know that. So what, what the brain and the mind and the body will do is it'll shut down that area to prevent further damage. Um, however, there is a... a, a a phenomena that happens inside a uh, joint, most joints, that when um, you compress the area, so meaning you put weight onto your knee, so let's just talk about the knee. So when your knee straightens and bends and goes into especially the more compressive uh, forces of straightening and bend all the way, um, it there's a mechanism called inhibition, which creates a sponge-like effect at the joint, and that releases uh, lubrication and nutrition inside the joint. 
However, when there is arthritis present, you it's really hard to get to the end ranges of flexion and extension, which is bending and straightening. Um, so there is some great, cool ways to achieve this. Um, the one that I have been able to prove over and over and over again is the use of isometrics for um, arthritis management and the symptoms and on top of that getting the joint stronger like that is awesome um, and because a lot I don't know if a lot of people know that their joints their muscles can get stronger and healthier despite arthritis um, I am living proof of that and um, we'll leave the topic of reversing osteoarthritis out of this. Um, that's just not happening. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about healthy movement, pain-free movement can increase and improve with isometric exercise at arthritic joints. So um, I'll say this. Replace most of what you're doing immediately with isometrics. <laughs> um, stop doing cardio, stop stretching, and create an experiment of either start with five minutes a day of isometrics and then build yourself up to 20 to 30 minutes of isometrics a day and see what happens in two months. Just that, that, that's my call to action for you. Um, there are biomechanical reasons for this. Like I mentioned, the nutrition inhibition, uh, more glucose, um, more oxygen, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then there's, it's just been shown particularly to help, uh, rheumatoid arthritis and there's so many deep medicinal benefits to isometrics. Uh, they can definitely improve, you know, power development for athletes or, you know, maybe even a runner with arthritis. I have several clients that fit that bill. Um, and strength enhancement, joint stabilization, isometrics do that. That's a lot. Um, but the medicinal benefits include blood pressure improvements. It can help people with heart disease. Isometric uh, resistance training lowers systolic and diastolic blood pressure and the arterial pressure. The magnitude is larger than what was previously reported in dynamic movement uh, such as aerobic and resistance training like lunges or machines. Um, so isometric is staying still exercise. Um, if you don't know what I isometrics are uh, and you have arthritis, you need to be, you need to get movement pathways because I'm not going to sit here and explain isometrics at this time. Um, I may have done it on another episode from 2018, uh, but really, like, in, it's not a huge investment for what you'll get. Um, it reduces the risk of osteoarthritis by 40%, so maybe reducing the risk of further damage would be great. It increases bone density. Hello? Duh. Do it. Uh, it increases... It's so... The metabolic changes of 30 seconds of isometrics to the quadriceps were shown to be a similar metabolic change to 30 seconds of sprint. And that is medicinal because of uh, the 
wonderful anti-aging benefits of HIIT exercise. So being able to get a similar um, metabolic changes of the muscle without sprinting could be really therapeutic for things like diabetes, um, all sorts of things like that. And honestly, um, if I had access to it, I would be doing blood flow restriction as well. Um, I do have access to it for myself, but not for my clients as of yet. I'm getting into that um, probably in 2020. I'm excited for that. Um, and then the other one was the rotator cuff question. Okay, and I will say this. For each area of injury concern, we need to uh, say quality of motion assessment is very valuable. And then the absorption of forces at an injured joint is going to be compromised. So focusing on that, focusing on those two things will, will get you is the 80-20 principle of long-term injury care. And it is something that I teach in the course. So there you go. Um, <laughs> reason number 63 to do movement pathways if you have arthritis or early onset arthritis, arthritis like myself. Um, Okay, so I would say this with rotator cuff injuries and exercise. Uh, I would move beyond the possibility that the rotator cuff is the only thing that needs to improve and that needs treatment. Um, I say that for several reasons, multiple reasons. I'll do two points of substantiating information to support that. Because uh, I could spend a lot of time on that statement and trying to support it. However, um, moving beyond the possibility, uh, for one, not everyone who has rotator cuff tears has pain or needs surgery. So it's very obvious in the literature and from uh, even, if, uh, let's just leave it at that, uh, from the literature that movement and loading and exercising is better for the first phases of taking care of a rotator cuff injury and trying to resolve it. So if you've got a surgeon that just wants to do surgery right away and your tear was not traumatic, like falling off a bike or, you know, some type of crazy football injury or a fall, um, then you got to find someone that's going to work with you on that and write you a script for physical therapy. Second of all, um, the, uh, it's, it's just, okay. So that's low hanging fruit. Um, the second thing is I, I say that because every single person that I've dealt with, with a known rotator cuff tear or injury or tendinopathy, tendinopathy has, uh, weakened scapular motions, meaning retraction, protraction, elevation, depression of the scapula, and there's usually a problem with how their rib cage or thorax and or neck moves. So there's, I'm if I'm going to treat somebody with a rotator known rotator cuff issue and that's what they're coming in for, um, I usually spend time working on the spine mechanics and movement and muscles and muscle imbalances before I touch their rotator cuff um, muscles and try to strengthen them. And 
and it definitely is a unique approach that most people appreciate because in PT land, they give you the same set of three exercises for 10 times, uh, and then they walk across the room, and you've just got a little yellow band in your hand looking like you're cleaning your belly button or something. Um, so I'll say this, uh, finding balanced motion in the scapula around the thorax and the oblique muscles, the ab muscles, and the neck muscles is really cool. Um, there's also um, nerve issues that should be looked at in rotator cuff issues. So if you haven't had that looked at by a chiropractor, um, someone who has taken a neurodynamics course or a, um, I don't know, a, physio, a physiotherapist that would do that, I would go that way. Um, and then the other thing, if you've exhausted those things and you don't have muscle activation techniques nearby, and, or if you do and you're looking for a little bit more, I would have a chiropractor look at your C1 and C2 joint. Um, I tend to see a lot of correlation between movement of the occiput or the top of the neck um, and rotator cuff problems. So I would also look at that. Ooh, that was a good one. I have got to eat, guys. Uh, there is a lot of, um, not a lot. I've, I've left a, some info on research that I cited and just hurry up and get in Movement Pathways. I cannot wait to see you there or in the portal for the online course.